This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Good evening, dummies. Episode 148, Tuesday, May 4th, 726, 48 hours until my vacation. It can't come soon enough. I am ready for a break. Not going to lie. But before that break, I get to spend some time with you, which is fantastic. Folks, the shirts are at the press and hats. We're going to have some shirts. They're going to be, uh, I think, something you like. It's going to be simple. It's going to be the Don't Unfriend Me logo, which is the microphone. And um, put that on some comfy athletic fit shirts. Maybe fade it out, distress it a little bit. And uh, people are asking for swag. So uh, I come prepared. I come bearing gifts. Doesn't take three wise men, just one. Funny humor. Sacrilegious, sorry. What are we going to do tonight? Well, we're going to have a conversation, as always, because that's the funnest thing to do. Maybe not for you, but it is for me. I enjoy it. I, I have a good time talking and listening to myself talk, of course. And I hope you enjoy listening to me talk as well. And if you don't, well, you're on the wrong show. Should have taken a left at Albuquerque. Trump banning bunch of news about that we know that happened back in january after the insurrection capital riot and trump was banned from twitter and youtube and facebook and all that where are we at with that what does that mean and what does that mean on society stick stick around for this one i, I think you'll enjoy it. that's the last segment tonight to hit or not to hit that is the question should we spank children is it an archaic form of discipline or is it a much needed missing part of society? We're going to talk about it tonight. There's a video. It's kind of disturbing. And I hope that you can uh, stick around and watch it. It's about a minute and a half about a principal that took a wooden paddle to a small child. And I'm sure there's backstory and I'll try to go into it and give you both perspective. Lastly, what do you do when you're in an argument? Do you focus on fact or opinion? And what is the healthy balance of each? I will try to help you with that. Not that I am the master debater. Not going to make a pun. Can't do it. PG show tonight. But well, maybe NC-17. But do you go with fact or do you go with opinion? Which one's better? Can you do both? We're going to go into it tonight. So stick around, relax, kick your feet up, and spend some time with me this evening. Two brothers are in their room one morning. And the older brother says, Billy, I'm nine and you're six. We're practically men. So today, when we go downstairs for breakfast, I'm going to say hell. And you are going to say ass. Billy nods his head in excitement, frivolously, and they go downstairs. The boys sit at the table and their mom greets them. Good morning, boys. What would you all like for breakfast? Billy looks at his older brother, who smiles and throws his arm over the backrest and says, Ah, hell, mom. Make it Cheerios. Their mom turns around and chases him up the stairs, spanking him the whole way. When she returns, she looks at Billy and says, And what would you like, my little angel? Billy nervously replies, I don't know, but you can bet your ass it ain't Cheerios. Recorded. 
from an undisclosed location. Always honest, always direct. So sit back, relax. Don't unfriend me starts right now. What a game last night for the Colorado Avalanche. It was a fun one. Made two points up on the Knights for first place and also pulled away from the Minnesota Wild. It was a great game. They had a horrible second period, but good teams find a way to win, and the Colorado Avalanche are most assuredly a good team. Good morning, evening, good night, whenever your time you're watching this. This is Don't Unfriend Me. My name is Matt Spear. I am your host tonight. I'll be walking through this wonderful excursion of thought and transcending the depths of universal contemplation beset by paradox. These are some simpler things where you can find me. You can click on those. You can follow. You can like. You can share. You can subscribe. You can do all that stuff, and I would appreciate it greatly. You can also go to don'tunfriendme.com, and you can watch all my catalog videos, podcasts. Say hello to me, and it's kind of slow over there. So if you would stop by and throw me a bone, I would appreciate it. Tonight, you're going to start off with a video, and this video is a little cringeworthy. I want to be honest with you. We've all spanked our kids, and if you haven't, you're lying. You're just lying. I've never hit my children. They're precious. They're a gift from God. Okay, whatever. Then you, you've you only had one because you're not a real parent if you only had one kid. Go ask Bill Cosby before he was a rapist. Watch Bill Cosby himself, and he'll explain it to you. If you have one kid, you're not really a parent. And those are the people that never spanked their kid. Anybody with two, by the time they get to the second, they literally have a beating stick, and they sharpen it and smooth it out and treat it like a yeoman's bow. We've all been there. But even when I see this, it makes me go, oh, I'm a horrible dad. I'm a horrible father. And then I think about what my children have done. So I will explain to you what I think about spanking. You don't have to follow it. You don't have to do anything I say. That's the great thing about this show. You can love me, hate me, agree or disagree. Just don't unfriend me. So let's watch the video. Let's see what we think. Cringeworthy kid getting spanked. Not something you probably are going to feel warm and fuzzy about. So if you're offended easily, turn it off now. Here you go. This disturbing video of a six-year-old's punishment at school has led to calls for an arrest. All right. Now, first of all, this is the principal in the pink and the black. Who's recording this? Well, it's the parent. The mother's recording it, which is interesting. Why is she recording it? Corporal punishment happens all the time. There are a lot of states that actually still have corporal punishment. It's absolutely fine. In Virginia, they don't have corporal punishment, but all the police out here say, you know what? Spank your kids. Do it. Do it. I had a police officer have a conversation with me, and my daughter said, well, he spanked me, and he said, good. But this is a bit much. This is a wooden paddle, but I'll be honest with you. Dr. Mike Selwood had holes in his, and it hurt 10 times worse than this, and nobody came crying for me. The mother says that she didn't speak English very well and couldn't understand what was happening. The moment she broke out the wooden paddle, most assuredly, she wasn't going to play cricket with her. You should have figured out that your kid's about to get their ass whooped. You are Hispanic. And I don't mean to be prejudiced, but I know, having a Latin wife, that when you break out the flip-flop, heads are going to roll. Can't imagine with a wooden paddle. And you had the presence of mind to record it. So I'm pretty sure you knew what was going on. And this is now a civil suit and a chance for ka-ching. But anyway, I digress. Let's watch the rest. That's Clewiston, Florida school principal, Melissa Carr. Dude, her glasses didn't even fall off her head after rearing back like uh, Sammy Sosa. And she hit her pretty hard. I'm not going to lie about that. By the way, also, your shirt isn't big enough. You've got a muffin top. You might want to get something a little bigger or a darker color, which will cover that up. Striking the little girl with a wooden. 
Sorry to go ahead and make it about physical appearance. Because she had allegedly scratched a school computer. All right, so the girl scratched the computer, which is state-funded, by the way. It's our taxes. It's not your computer. Lighten up. $50 to repair a screen? That sounds like a made-up number. Sounds like you're just going to punish somebody and throw a penalty on it. But we all know how kids can be. This is probably not this child's first offense. This is probably a child who acts up all the time. And this is a last resort. I seriously doubt, like a samurai warrior, that this woman breaks out the paddle and decides to go Harry Krishna on every child she can, or we would have seen more videos from this lovely woman. The video, you can hear the principal chastising the child. You better be glad you're not my daughter, because I would spank your butt all the time for acting like that. And I wish you would try to call the police on me. Well, guess what? They did, so you got your wish. Careful what you wish for, people. I wish she would call the police on me. Well... She called the policia for shizzle, and you are now in some deep trouble. That's called being a brat. Carter's assistant, Cecilia Self, also seen in the video, tells the little girl how to stand. Would you book Mark out? And then three whacks from the principal. The girl. Now, I want to make sure people understand that's a wooden paddle. She has to put her butt out because if you don't, you're going to hit the kid in the back or in the back of the knee. You're going to cause really serious damage. The buttocks can take it. I'm sorry, but. Good on her for making sure she puts her butt out so they don't hit the lower spine. Listen, I, I'm not trying to teach people how to properly abuse your children. This is a little excessive for anybody, and I'm not defending it at all. But I got the paddle. I got wire coat hangers. I got whips. Oh, no, no, no. That was later in adult life. Sorry, Olivia. But I got things that hurt, man. And I'm just saying there are times I wish it was a paddle. It's got a big surface tension. It doesn't hurt that bad. If it has holes in it, now that is painful. Crying and moving after the first. But then instructed to get back in position. The incident happened in April when the first grader's mother asked to come to the school to pay $50 for the damage to the computer. That's according to her lawyer, who says the mother does not speak English. She said to me, uh, when this happened, I absolutely froze in, in, in fear. They have fears of deportation. I think the other part of it was that she didn't know what the principal was allowed to do. Corporal punishment is legal in 19 states, including here in Florida, but not allowed in Hendry County School District where this incident took place. ABC News confirming the state's attorney is reviewing the incident involving Principal Carter as part of an active investigation by police. If your mom wants to come up to the school and thank you and we can watch, that's going to happen. Do you understand me? Well, the department Ooh. of she got a yes ma'am out of that well listen okay i want to be clear beating your children is the last resort it's not necessarily something that everyone should partake in i will tell you there are plenty of ways to discipline your children and spanking should be a last resort however i grew up with it my kids are well behaved none of them have shot up a school they say yes ma'am no ma'am they do their job but this florida principal is now under investigation after this video went viral of her using that paddle on that six-year-old child in front of the child's mom, Central Elementary School principal Melissa Carter spanks the child multiple times, as you saw, with assistance from another school employee. NBC2 reported the child is crying and attempts to avoid the paddling before getting hit again in the video. The child had allegedly damaged a school computer, and her mother was called on April 13th to pay the fee. The New York Post reported when the mother arrived at the school, she was sent to the principal's office. They sent the mother to the principal's office. Jeez, that's a strict school. Was she going to get a spanking too? Where she found Carter, her daughter, and the school clerk, a language barrier caused the mother to not understand what was taking place. And she filmed the incident. 
and sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me. Come on, everyone else. It's it's crap. She knew exactly what was going to happen, according to Wink TV. And when I go for hot, just monumental truth, I go to Wink TV. The hatred with which she hit my daughter. I mean, it was a it was hatred. Really, I've never hit my daughter like she hit her. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. The mother told Wink News. There's Wink News again. Wink TV and Wink News, folks. Look it up. Suspensions, handcuffs, jail, middle school discipline falls heavily on this vulnerable kid attack is what they're calling it. Her Florida school let her keep teaching Florida law and allows corporal punishment if it is approved by the school's principal beforehand. But approval is not necessary for each specific instance in which it is used, the statute reads. The principal shall prepare guidelines for administering such punishment, which identify the types of punishable offenses, the conditions under which the punishment shall be administered, and the specific personnel on the school staff authorized to administer the punishment. According to the Hendry County District School Students Handbook, any student who intentionally damages the school device is subject to disciplinary actions from verbal warnings to expulsion. There are no mentions of paddling. Well, that's because it's up verbal warning up to expulsion, and expulsion is much worse than paddling. That's probably why. Wink TV confirmed, stellar reporting, Wink TV, that the Department of Children and Families, the Clouston Police Department, are investigating the incident. The police department said it received a call April 14th requesting an officer to Hendry Regional Medical Center in response to this incident. The Clouston Police Department takes all matters of child welfare seriously and remains committed to protecting the most vulnerable members of our community, a press release read. Brent Probinski, an attorney representing the family, said they are awaiting decisions of the school district and state's attorney's office to see if any actions will be taken. He said the child is seeking psychological help. A representative from Hendry County School District told USA Today that the situation was and is under investigation. Okay, let's break this down. First of all, There are a lot of studies. Some of them say that spanking your child is detrimental and will harm your child and teach them to be withdrawn and 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 reserved and also that violence is okay. Okay, it's crap. Nothing like a good spanking to keep a kid in line. I'm not gonna lie. I have spanked my kids, and I will tell you after I do it, I want to go outside and I throw up. It's the people who actually enjoy it who need some serious jail time and also need to be raped in prison anally for the rest of their lives. I'm not a child abuser. I've spanked my children probably five or six times. Some of those times has been a little aggressive. I'm not going to say I haven't used a belt. I haven't used my hand or a wooden spoon. I have. And if you ask my children, did you deserve it? I promise you the answer with absolutely no reservation will be yes. What did you learn from it? They'll also tell you that. It's not that my answer is not going to be really well liked. I just think it's going to create a lot of controversy because some people vehemently disagree with me, and that's fine because here's the crux to all this. I'm not going to tell you how to raise your child. Just don't tell me how to raise mine. It's fair. It's equal. Fair? But here it goes anyway. I am a parent that spanks my kids. I see nothing wrong with spanking. In fact, I've seen many kids that I think someone needs to spank because their behavior is obnoxious. I have never beaten my children. I have never spanked them anywhere but on the butt. My kids were spanked when they were learning how to treat other people, how to interact, which they learned as toddlers. If they tried to hit another child, if they tried to harm them, they received a couple swats on their butt. They were so completely surprised that they would immediately stop. And I am consider myself a strict parent. 
I had rules that I expected to be followed in my house and will be followed to this day. My kids knew those rules and know them today. When their friends come over to the house, those friends also know my rules. If the parents are there and did not make their children mind, then I would. If they don't like it, they can get out of my house. My children say yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, when speaking with other adults. They learn to eat without leaning on the table. They learn to chew their food with their mouths closed. They learn to open doors and hold them for others. They learn to say excuse me, please, and thank you. I have pretty basic rules. You don't destroy things purposely. You don't hit other people. You don't call them names. You never, ever call anyone stupid. You talk to adults with respect, and you never, ever, under no circumstances, lie. The way we raise our children is based upon my, my wife and I's decision of how we were raised and to do a conglomeration of both. My family was very, very strict with the belt. Her family was very religious orientated. You mix both together and you have, voila, a fantastic way to help children behave. Do I believe that children are good? Yes. Do I believe that children are our future? Teach them well and let them lead the way. Whitney, of course. Do I also believe that they are insufferable little shits? Yes. Do I believe that they are from the ninth ring of hell? Also, yes. So occasionally you must exercise the demons. I do not believe that you can reason with a two-year-old all the time. I've experienced this with two kids. But there were times that each, you simply could not reach them. I found that a couple swats on the butt quickly taught them what reasoning would not. That if you hurt another person, too, you will and can feel it. As my kids have gotten older, my parenting has changed a little bit. As they entered school, taking things away worked for a short period of time. As they got a bit older, I started to negotiate. The kids would break a rule and they would get grounded. Now, if they lie to me, they receive a second punishment and most assuredly a spanking for lying to me. Which was always worse than the original punishment. I've told them, tell the truth and I promise you it will go easier for you and your sentencing will be reduced. I'm a human lie detector. My children can't do that to me. My wife will tell you, it doesn't matter what it is. I will sniff it out like a fart in a car. They have no idea how good I am at my job when it comes to smelling the BS detector. I'll tell them where they were. I will tell them it was Mrs. Plum with a candlestick in the library, and they will look there shocked as we just rolled the first die of the game, and I've already solved the puzzle. My children wouldn't want to be grounded, and they would tell me this. I'd tell them, make it worth my while. The negotiating would begin. They learned that they were going to have to come up with ways to work off being grounded, chores they had to offer up. And they knew that I would expect them to keep their word on doing those chores or the grounding was back in effect, and they would still have to do those chores. They also found they could negotiate by not lying to me. My wife and I care about that more than anything. We hardly care about the crime. We care that you learn something. And lying and not taking ownership is the worst thing you can do. Everyone is far too busy butting into what others are doing to pay attention to what is happening in their own home. Some people will never spank their children, and that is completely fine, as long as your child has the manners and knows how to act in a civilized society and isn't spray painting, lighting things on fire, or stealing my shit. I'm generally predisposed to say, good for you, mom and dad. I'll also tell you this. Many of my kids' friends had parents that paid no attention to what they were doing. My kids often felt at times I was too strict because I expected to know where they were, what they were doing, or how their day was in detail. I know when I was younger, I felt that because other kids' parents set no boundaries and never disciplined them. 
And their parents did not care is what they felt. The funny thing is, so did the kids who had parents who could care less what they did. Agree or not, children need boundaries and they need discipline. And honestly, most of the time, it's filled with love. Other children see that. The best thing you can do is raise your kid to be an outstanding human being. It takes a lot of work, and I don't envy the position for anyone who has to do it in today's society. You got to do what you got to do. Do it smart. Try not to leave a mark. Phone books work. You can also put a towel around the paddle. There's a lot of things I can teach you folks. Send me a private message. I'm not going to do it in the public forum. The point is, is that the military does it. We learn from heartbreak. We learn from pain, losing jobs, disappointment, banks turning us down. Although it doesn't feel good losing the race, we learn from it. And it creates pain. We must teach our kids disappointment. We must teach them that it's okay to lose and it's okay to fail. And occasionally, that if you get in trouble, it's okay to cry. Move on. Take it. Use it. And just lose it. Argument. Fact or opinion. Which is more important, a fact or an opinion on any given subject? It might be tempting to say the fact, but not so fast. Lately, we find ourselves lamenting the post-truth world in which facts seem no more important than opinions, and sometimes less so. We also tend to see this as a recent devaluation of knowledge, but this is a phenomenon with a long history. As the science fiction writer Isaac Asimov, one of my heroes, wrote in 1980, read news coverage based on evidence, not tweets. Get newsletter anti-intellectualism has been a constant thread winding its way through our political and cultural life, nurtured by the false notion that democracy means that my ignorance is just as good as your knowledge. The view that opinions can be more important than facts need not mean the same thing as the devaluing of knowledge. It's always been the case that in certain situations, opinions have been more important than facts. And this is a good thing. Look at the case of the law. When we write law, when we enforce law, it's important to follow the rules, but also there's opinion there. That's why judges don't have the same sentence and just knock the gavel. They have to consider the situation. It's based on opinion, but it's also laced with fact. It's a good mix of both. Let me explain. Not all facts are true. To call something a fact is presumably to make a claim that it is true. This isn't a problem for many things, although defending such a claim can be harder than you think. What we think are facts, that is, those things we think are true, can end up being wrong despite our most honest commitment to genuine inquiry. For example, is red wine good or bad for you? And was there a dinosaur called the Brontosaurus or not? The Harvard researcher Samuel Arbsman points out that these examples and others of how facts change in his book, The Half-Life of Facts, it's not only that facts can change that is the problem. While we might be happy to consider it a fact that the earth is spherical, we would be wrong to do so. It's actually a bit pear-shaped. Thinking it a sphere, however, is a very different thing from thinking it to be flat. Asimov expressed beautifully in his essay, The Relativity of Wrong. For Asimov, the person who thinks the earth is a sphere is wrong, and so is the person who thinks the earth is flat. But the person who thinks that they are equally wrong is more wrong than both. Asimov is a genius. By the way, the, 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 the uh, North and South Pole are actually a little bit flatter, and the equator stretched out. So it's got a very weird pear-type shape. Not that it looks like an actual pear. 
you get my point, people. This isn't a science class, and I'm not Bill Nye, who pretends to have a degree in science. But the person who thinks that they are equally wrong is more wrong than both. A great statement. Geometrical hair splitting aside, calling something a fact is therefore not a proclamation of infallibility. It is usually used to represent the best knowledge we have at any given time. It's also not the knockout blow we might hope for in an argument. Saying something is a fact by itself does nothing to convince someone who doesn't agree with you. Unaccompanied by any warrant for belief is not a technique of persuasion. Proof by volume and repetition repeatedly yelling, but it's a fact, simply doesn't work, or at least it shouldn't. Matters of fact and opinion, then again, calling something an opinion, need not mean an escape to the fairyland of wishful thinking. This too is not a knockout attack in an argument. If we think of an opinion as one person's view on a subject, then many opinions can be solid. For example, it's my opinion that science gives us a powerful narrative to help understand our place in the universe, at least as much as any religious perspective does. It's not an empirical fact that science does so, but it works for me. But we can be much clearer in our meaning if we separate things into matters of fact and matters of opinion. Matters of fact are confined to empirical claims, such as what the boiling point of a substance is whether lead is denser than water, whether the planet is warming or not. Bullshit. Excuse me. Matters of opinion are non-empirical claims and include questions of value and of personal preference, such as whether it's okay to eat animals and whether vanilla ice cream is better than chocolate, whether you should spank your kids or not. Hide that together. Ethics is an exemplar of a system in which matters of fact cannot by themselves decide courses of action. Matters of opinion can be informed by matters of fact. For example, finding out that animals can suffer may influence whether I choose to eat them. But ultimately, they are not answered by matters of fact, which is relevant if they can suffer. Why is that relevant? Backing up the facts and opinions, opinions are not just pale shadows of facts. They are judgments and conclusions. They can be the result of careful and sophisticated deliberation in areas for which empirical investigation is inadequate or ill-suited. While it's nice to think of the world so neatly divided into matters of fact and matters of opinion, it's not always so clinical in its precision. For example, it is a fact that I prefer vanilla ice cream over chocolate. In other words, it's apparently a matter of fact that I'm having a subjective experience. But we can heal that potential rift by further restricting, mat restricting matters of fact to those things that can be verified by others. While it's true that my ice cream preference could be experimentally indicated by observing my behavior and interviewing me, it cannot be independently verified by others beyond doubt. I could be faking it. But we can all agree in principle on whether the atmosphere contains more nitrogen or carbon dioxide because we can share the methodology of inquiry that gives us the answer. We can also agree on matters of value. If the case for a particular view is rationally persuasive, facts and opinions need not be positioned in opposition to each other as they have complementary functions in our decision making. In a rational framework, they are equally useful. But that's just my opinion. It's not a fact. I think if we can take the time to slow down, and try to understand what someone's thinking. I say this all the time on my show. We need to ask more questions. But what we do is people throw facts in our face, and then we go ahead and find an opposite fact by going to Google, and all of a sudden we feel empowered and that we're justified and right. But really what's happening is like the exchange of bodily fluids. Nothing really took place. I mean, let's face it. Nothing really took place. You can kiss somebody all day long, 
and really what happened. You might catch a cold, you might get mono or whatever, but immediately there is nothing that happens, right? Nothing happens, but that's not true. There's an emotional feeling of connectivity that happens between two people and it's indescribable. It makes butterflies hit our stomach and it is an amazing feeling, but you can't describe it with fact. It's an, it's an emotion. Simultaneously, we need to make people feel and also think. And the only way you can do that is with a good mixture of both. And one certainly does not surpass the other. Trump banning on Facebook and Twitter. Former President Trump on Tuesday launched a communications platform, which will eventually give him the ability to communicate directly with his followers. After months of being banned from sites like Twitter and Facebook, the platform from the desk of Donald J. Trump appears on www.donaldjtrump.com slash desk. You can go there right now and see it. The space will allow Trump to post comments, images, and videos. The technology appears to be powered by Campaign Nucleus, the digital ecosystem made for efficiently managing political campaigns and organizations, created by his former campaign manager, Brad Parscat. The space allows Trump to post and allows followers to share the former president's posts to Twitter and Facebook. However, the new platform does not feature to do not have a feature to allow users to reply or engage with Trump's posts. This is just a one way communication. One source familiar with the space told Fox News this system allows Trump to communicate with his followers. Trump's new platform surfaced Tuesday after advisors had told Fox News that the former president planned to move forward to create a social media platform of his own after being banned from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Snapchat after the Capitol riot. President Trump's website is a great resource to find his latest statements and highlights from his first term in office, but this is not a new social media platform. The senior advisor, Jason Miller, told Fox News, we'll have additional information coming on that front in the very near future. The rollout of the platform also comes just a day before Facebook's oversight board is expected to announce its decision on whether to indefinitely suspend Trump from Facebook and Instagram. The board in January accepted a case referral from Facebook to examine the ban as well as to provide policy. This policy would create recommendations on suspensions when the user is a political leader. Facebook moved to block Trump indefinitely after that January 6th riot in the Capitol with CEO Mark Zuckerberg saying that they believe the risks of allowing the president to continue to use our service during this period are simply too great. Right. Regardless of Facebook's decision Wednesday, a Twitter spokesman told Fox News that Trump is permanently suspended from tweeting. A Facebook spokesperson declined to comment on Trump's new platform. A Twitter spokesperson did not immediately respond to Fox News' request for comment either. The issue isn't that Donald Trump had his rights violated. Everyone says that the First Amendment was violated. It's not true. There is nothing in the Constitution about Twitter and Facebook. You have the right to voice your opinion, but nobody needs to provide the paper and the pen for you to achieve influence. Donald Trump violated community rules and pushed the envelope begrudgingly and expertly, I might add. This is why we love him, because he's a fantastic troll. But he did break policy. But this goes further than Donald Trump, further than Facebook and Twitter. They have a bigger problem that will be around much longer than Donald J. Trump. They have created a monster, a disingenuous, ignorant society of zealots who are entrenched in their own holes. Buried to the neck, so they are forever mucked in the mud. 
With the limited typeset of Twitter and the inability to verify fact from fiction on Facebook, we have generated a generation of microthinkers who are disseminating regurgitated nonsense ad nauseum. No more are the days of taking your time by writing a letter or an email, maybe taking a drive down the street, cooling heads prevail, or having a relaxing view of the sunset on the porch. Instead, we see faceless names who mean nothing to us, and we treat them as such. We chastise, we berate, and apply the same application to all that are not within our sanctified ground. And when they are one of us, and they, we believe they're one of us, we never truly invest or challenge each other's thoughts. And if they do, we prey on them as they are a threat to our way of life and our thinking and cast them out as not a real supporter. We simply agree and grunt like the unanimated zombie corpses that we are. But instead of brains, we want pleasure endorphins. A small firing of dopamine in the brain that transfixes us for a few minutes until the next victim applies themselves to our web. If someone is too smart or strong, we simply dislodge them from the web and cast them out. But we feast on the weak and frail because they provide the life-giving essence that we so desperately want attention. Facebook and Twitter have a difficult job on their hands. How do they undo the web that they have weaved? More importantly, how do they stop the constant bombardment on free thought and expression without limiting free thought and expression? It is a conundrum that has no solution because the webmasters do not want a solution. They know that each hunter will continue to prey on the weaker and they will keep coming back for more because people are looking to be the spider just once and to stop feeling like a feeble and inconsequential insect. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you for stopping by. Remember, all my tags are here. I forgot to turn it off during the video. If you liked what you heard, great. Thank you so much. Like, follow, share, and subscribe. If you didn't, we can agree, we can disagree. You may love me or hate me. It doesn't really matter. All I ask is that you don't unfriend me in the end. I will end the show with the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255, press 1. 22 veterans a day commit suicide. It is way too many. Traumatic brain injury, anxiety, depression, PTS are all real. And veterans suffer from that, from an, uh, an alarming rate. Suicide is not the answer. Help them find the way out. The best way is to call the Veteran Crisis Hotline. They will help you and provide you with the support that you and they need. Talk to a veteran. If you can't reach out to me, I will call with you. I'll get on a plane if I have to, whatever it takes. And if that doesn't work, you can go to don'tunfriendme.com and you can go ahead and connect to the Veteran Crisis Hotline through Skype and you'll be connected to a counselor. If you are not a veteran, you can also call that at, well, it's an emergency line, and they will also find the help you need. And one more thing, this is not 911. So if there is an emergency and someone needs help right now, 911 is your best, best avenue. You know, we can do a better job, folks. It doesn't mean we have to argue every five minutes. It doesn't mean we can't walk away. And let me tell you, this has been therapeutic for me. I used to get involved in these posts I would let somebody get in my craw and I would write a diatribe of information. And I'll tell you what, it just sat there. Nobody read it. Nobody cares. People don't read. How often do you actually read the person you're in an argument, what they wrote, and then go back later and go, oh, yeah, that was a really good point. You don't take the time anymore. You don't actually slow down to speed up. If you're going to engage with somebody from an emotional or factual point of view, I would ask more than anything. Come with some patience. If you can't dedicate the time to have that conversation, you shouldn't be having it. 
walk away, go do something more important. But we shouldn't necessarily argue about every single thing under the sun because that gotten us anywhere. Either way, you don't have to listen to me. What do I know? I just do this funny little show and you watch and you give me like follows and I say thank you. And ultimately you come back tomorrow for episode 148. Good night, folks. I will see you tomorrow. I am out.